If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Bean Dad. The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and Ho, 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 dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Welcome to a super special holiday edition of The Office Deep Dive. I am your host, Brian Baumgartner, and boy, oh boy, have I got a treat for you. Today, we're doing something very different, something very different, something that I am delighted to share with you. Okay, here's a hint. Ring, ring, Dunder Mifflin, this is Brian. That's right. Today, we are doing a call-in episode of the show. Who are the guests? You are the guests, and you decide what we talk about today. Get ready to laugh with me, to cry with me, and get mad with me. Well, maybe not get mad with me, but first, I want to thank each and every one of you who sent in so many amazing messages, truly 
all of us here at the office <laughs> deep dive, we are at a total loss for words uh, at how incredible and how open and how loving you have all been about the office and the podcast. I wish that I could answer each and every one of you today, but know that we listened to every single one of your messages and they brought us so much joy. So now it's my turn. I'm hoping this episode will bring a little joy to you this holiday season. So without further ado, I would like to present to you my first call-in episode featuring probably my favorite guests of all time, you. Bubble and squeak. I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. Mr. Baumgartner, Bob Taylor calling from the middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan, Canada. I have a question for you. I was just wondering, your iconic character, Kevin, as we all know and love, you know, wouldn't want to change a thing, but if there's one thing you could change about Kevin Malone, what would it be? Inquiring minds want to know. Well, thanks, Bob, for your question. You know, I think the one thing, I've addressed this a little bit throughout the podcast. I wish that Kevin had found love. You know, I talked to Ellie Kemper a little bit. I had pitched Aaron and Kevin getting together uh, before the start of the final season. That obviously did not happen. But I wish Kevin had had found love. I wish there had been a little more uh, victory for him in terms of his relationship. Uh, I, I love the storyline with Lynn when we had that. Obviously, Stacy, his fiance, early on, she wasn't explored all that much. But yeah, I wish Kevin uh, had had one of those small victories in finding love. Hi, Brian. My name is Logan Corkins. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. I'm a huge, huge fan of The Office. I loved all your interviews throughout the show, but um, I have a story and I have a question for you. Um, I want to start with my story. So when I was in college, I worked for a baseball team called the Omaha Storm Chasers. They're the AAA affiliate of the Kansas City Royals. And I was working on an off day. I worked in the clubhouse. I was a clubhouse assistant and I was a bat boy. Um, but I was at the ballpark on one of our off days, and Warren Buffett happened to be at our um, at our ball field, and he was talking to our general manager. My general manager asked me if I or told me I could ask a question to Warren, and you know Warren's this incredibly successful person, and all I can think about is that he had just aired or he had just been on an episode of The Office like a couple of weeks before. So I go in, I sit down, and Warren's like, "What's your question, young man?" And I go. Yeah, what was it like to work with John Krasinski in the cast of The Office? And he he sits there for a second. He just laughs. He's like, okay, well, not the question I expected. And tells me how great it was. Told me it was a phenomenal experience. My general manager is absolutely dying laughing. He's like, you could have asked him anything. But, of course, you had to t come around and talk about The Office. That was pretty cool. Um, the question I had for you, though, Brian, is back in the day when um, you guys were filming – in the episode um, Office Olympics, we see all the different games that the characters played. But 
Did you, Oscar and Angela, actually have games that you would play in accounting when you were like background characters for a scene? I'd love to know more. Thank you. Well, Logan, first off, thank you for your story about Warren Buffett. I tell you, the day that he and Charlie Munger came on set, that was amazing. I don't know how we pulled that off or who pulled that off. Uh, But the fact that he left and you asked him that question is awesome. Now about games, you know, we get asked a lot about pranks, right? Because pranks were such a, a huge part of the show. Yours is a similar question in terms of games and relating to office Olympics. You know, the boring answer is we didn't really. I mean, we played comedy games, I guess like our games would be about trying to make each other laugh. That would be it would be about us in the deep background attempting to make each other laugh. And and as we've discussed many times, we felt like there was an, a show within a show happening called The Accountants uh, that we were the stars of. So we were always trying to make each other laugh and, and pass notes. And in fact, I have notes from Angela. Before the computers worked, we we would pass notes back and forth to each other again in an attempt to make each other laugh, but also in character. So famously, I have an illustration. Oscar has an illustration. I think Jenna Fisher has an illustration from Angela on a post-it note, which was an invitation to Sprinkles, her cat's birthday party. Hello, Brian. My name is Brianna, and I live in Dallas, Texas, and I know that You know this area very well as you went to SMU, so I feel like we have a connection already knowing the same neck of the woods. So I'm going to get personal really quick. I have a funny office story I wanted to share. Sorry if it's a little bit TMI, but I think you'll, you'll get how funny this is. So about four years ago, I had my oldest daughter, and after I had her, everything was going well, and it came time to meet with the lactation consultant, right? So... So me being a very first-time mom, never having done breastfeeding before, I am in front of all these nurses, and nurses come in, and lactation consultant, and the lactation consultant says, do you know how to stimulate your nipple? And I said, absolutely I do. And I start aggressively flicking my nipple with my finger, to which they were both appalled and thought was hilarious. They stopped me and said, whoa, 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 honey what are you doing? I said, stimulating the nipple. And they said, who told you to do that? I said, um, I learned it from the office, right? With Pam and her lactation consultant. They thought that was the funniest thing. Couple nurses go out, grab some more nurses, bring them in. They say, Brianna, Brianna, tell us what you just did and how you learned it. I said, um, I was flicking my nipple because I learned it from the office. They just thought that was the most hysterical thing they could ever see. And to which they taught me, no, honey, be sure to roll. Stop with the flicking. So I just think that is, it just really speaks to me because The Office is such a special show to me and my entire family. I just give so much credit to every single person on that show from the casting all the way down to the acting to the heart that was put into the editing, every single detail. I wish I could have been there. I truly wish I could have been a fly on the wall to see what I think is the greatest show to ever hit television and my favorite show that I've ever seen in my life. 
So anyway, it was a pleasure sending in this video memo. I don't know if you'll ever hear it or not, but um, thank you, Ryan, for your last couple years of these incredibly special podcasts. I've listened to every single one. And thank you for your time. And thank you for sharing your love of the show with all of us. All right. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. All right, Brianna. Well, first off, yes, I did hear your story. Uh, there's so much to unpack here. First off, hail to the red and the blue, the Mustangs of SMU. Yes, I went to SMU there in Dallas. And maybe we'll run into each other sometime when I am back. Now, it feels as though you're trying to get me in trouble. You, you, you said flicking my nipple several times. I don't know where to go exactly with that, but uh, thank you for your story. You know, it reminds me of another story that I read about actually where somebody learned something from the office. It wasn't about lactation. Let me be clear. But there was a guy by the name of Cross Scott, 21 years of age, back in 2019. He was an auto technician in Arizona, and he was driving down the road, and he saw a car that was pulled over and a woman who appeared to need some help. He pulled over to help her, and she was unconscious. And he had to break her window and got in and was trying to help her. Uh, he didn't have a cell phone and he realized he needed to do CPR, but he didn't know CPR. And he thought to himself, well, the only point of reference that I have for CPR is the office, the stress relief episode. And he remembered, uh, 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 staying alive staying alive, which apparently, according to the American Heart Association, is actually the correct beat for CPR. I looked that up. That is true. So at least that was accurate. So Cross did this version of CPR on the woman. An ambulance arrived 10 or 15 minutes later, and the woman survived. And they told Cross that had he not performed this CPR on her that things would not have turned out okay. She she recovered and is fine as far as I know today. So you learned about nipple flicking. Uh, maybe that wasn't the right way to go, but uh, Cross Scott used the office to save a woman's life. Unbelievable. Hey, Brian, I just want to let you know uh, that your podcast is my absolute favorite podcast. It makes Tuesday commutes tolerable, I guess, going through traffic all the way to work and back. Uh, so here, here's my question. My question would be, if you can pick any character in the office to do a spinoff show about, who would it be and what would it be about? I'm looking forward to your answer. Thank you very much. Thanks, Alex, for your question. You know, we haven't talked much about this throughout the podcast, mostly because it didn't happen. But Rain Wilson and Paul Lieberstein who played Toby, but was also showrunner of The Office, as you know, for a while. They actually developed a spinoff in season eight, and it was called The Farm. And it was about Dwight and his beet farm. Now, remnants of that episode played as an episode of The Office called The Farm, and that was going to be the title of the spinoff. Unfortunately, NBC decided not to pick up 
that show. And so we never got to see more exploits from Dwight and his family on the beet farm. So one, I think that's a spectacular idea and one that I certainly feel would be worth exploring in the future. And the other is what I mentioned before, the accountants, Oscar, Angela, and Kevin. I think those three disparate characters working together, I've called it the perfect comedy triangle. Um, the way the characters are drawn and how they interact with each other, I think they could work in almost any setting. So whether it was at Dunder Mifflin or somewhere else, I guess my answer number two would be the accountants. Hi, Brian. My name is Brianne Rozier, and I live in Buffalo, New York. And this is the story of how The Office helped me graduate from high school. So in the year 2013 to 2014, I was a senior in high school and all the students had to complete what was called a senior project. Um, it was a semester long class, the way that it was set up, but you basically spend nine weeks researching a topic of your choice and presenting an argument at the end of the year. And so um, our teachers were encouraging us to pick something new, something they hadn't heard before. I thought, what do I really like right now? And at the time, I was obsessed with The Office. I was finally discovering it. And I was just so amazed by how it was shot differently, how it was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. I thought it was so funny. Um, so I decided that my topic would be why The Office is the greatest show of all time. My teachers loved it and they fought over who got to be my advisor at the end of the year because they all really wanted to see my project. And I spent the next semester researching and finding out more about what set the office apart, why it was so popular. And this was before even the boom that it's in right now. Um, so I was doing my own deep dives for a grade for my diploma. Um, and at the end of the year, I presented it and I had to have a visual aid. And I decided naturally to put a stapler in Jello. It's a lot easier than you might think. Uh, I learned the secret is dental floss. And I encourage people to try it if they want to. So that is the story of how The Office helped me graduate from high school. Well, listen, first off, Brianne, you stay in your lane, okay? I do the deep diving on The Office, and now to learn that you did it many years ago, I don't even, I feel like I don't have a place right now. I don't know, this is very, this is very humbling. Listen. Why The Office is the greatest show ever of all time, I think is a very worthy senior project. I hope you convinced everyone of all of your classmates and teachers of it being so. I'm glad you graduated. Thank you for that. And I I didn't know about dental floss. I, I, I had no idea that that is how you suspended it. In fact, I have often wondered how you could suspend a stapler into jello. I didn't realize dental floss. And even when you said dental floss, I was like, how does that work? But now I get it. You suspend it while the jello molds, cools. I don't know. That's incredible. Uh, congratulations on your project, but just stay in your lane. All right, Brianne, stay, stay in your lane. Yeah. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure 
it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Brian, it is Keith Padine from Connecticut. You and I have a history that goes back a little bit that I remember, and I guarantee you do not. However, I was one of the blogger breakfasts at the original convention there in uh, Scranton. I had a website called the two cents.com at the time. I was just like this 20 something year old guy that lived in this little cottage on a farm where I worked a farm job, but I started covering the office and via MySpace, uh, it was uh, Jenna and Angela and Melora Hardin. I was able to get interviews via MySpace with you guys and have them be exclusive to my site. Uh, I started interviewing all the smaller characters, like Yvette Nicole Brown might be one of my favorite ones ever when she paid Paris uh, in Staples, the Staples episode with Dwight. You know, The Office was something that connected to fans in such a way, but this like changed my life. By doing this, I started getting like press passes and I was able to be a VIP at the convention with you guys. So I was able to be at casino night, which was the small part. And I played poker next to Ed Helms, watched Craig Robinson sing uh, Creep, I remember with the band and the Scrantones were there, you know, and then the big concert where you guys all kind of went nuts and you guys were just having fun. And it led us all to believe that what we had hoped was true was that you were people who were enjoying yourselves just as much as we were enjoy watching you. You were real people, you were normal, so, so to speak, people who were able to communicate with us and just be excited about the show. Um, it led to so much for me. From that little website, I became a member of the Broadcast Television Journalist Association for several years, um, you know, and covering all different shows. The Two Cents got huge. I had like 30-something writers for me for a while, but it all started because you guys were willing to communicate with your fans. And I was able to find that and write it up and do some podcasts. I did a long podcast once with Bobby Ray Schaefer. And I remember, I mean, it was insane. I was in LA for about four days for one of my best friend's weddings. And I get a phone call and it was Bobby Ray saying, I heard you're in LA. And I was hoping that we could have lunch. Like I, I did lunch with the office. Like it was just crazy. We went out to Satakoy and saw the building where you guys were. It was insane. The office totally changed my life. I'm now a dad of four out here in farm country in Connecticut, but the office for that part of my life was such a special thing. And now to be able to listen to this podcast and relive all that and think of all these memories and all those moments and the way that you've done it so beautifully through this podcast and talking to all these people, it's been really, really special. So thank you for what you've done. I believe your birthday was yesterday. So happy birthday to you, sir. Um, and from a person who got to stand next to you at the bloggers breakfast and thought that was probably Probably one of the biggest deals ever in my life. Thank you so much. Keith, thank you so much for reaching out. I remember very well that bloggers breakfast. In fact, I was just back in Scranton uh, a few weeks ago and drove by the Hilton where that bloggers breakfast took place and <laughs> pointed out the window. It was like, that's where we had the bloggers breakfast. Uh, one morning at the convention. Uh, I think the only time I've ever been in that building. Listen, it's it's truly moving to me 
to hear your story. And I'm so glad that your experience with everybody was so positive. I remember that convention and subsequent to that, the rap party as being, um, one of the best experiences of the show. We felt a special bond with the people who had such a love for the show and that traveled to Scranton, Pennsylvania. It sounds like from even for you, not that close by to come and spend some time with us. We had so much fun. You know, I I reference it again because it, it sticks with me. Andy Bernard, Ed Helms line. I wish I knew we were in the good old days while they were happening. That convention there, certainly in retrospect now, those those were the good old days. So thank you for reconnecting. I'm so glad that the office and the connection you made with so many of us uh, helped you at that time in your life. It truly was our our pleasure. And yeah, you bring up MySpace. That was our first attempt when the show was struggling mightily to find a couple of audience members. That was our attempt to try to connect to people in a new and different way. Uh, and I'm glad to know that it, um, it worked for you. So God bless my friend. Congratulations on your four kids and your new life now in Connecticut. But thank you for reminding me of, of those good old days. Hi, Brian. Hi, everybody. My name is Karen. I'm from Bloomington, Illinois. I just wanted to share with you really quick how the office has really influenced my life and my family. Um, We quote it all the time. My boyfriend and I started our relationship watching the office together, and we'll be celebrating our four-year anniversary in 2022. We quote the office all the time. It comes up in conversation. Um, and I was wondering if you guys have any of your favorite quotes come up all the time, or if you have any little bits of the office that show up from time to time in your daily life, have a happy holidays. Hi, Kara. Thanks so much for your question. Uh, listen, I don't know at this point if there's a day that goes by that I don't say that's what she said. I mean, and, and when I'm, when I'm in a public setting, it feels weird to like self-reference the show in that way. But yes, it has become, I don't, I don't even know if daily is right. Hourly, thrice daily, uh, reference for me as well. And, you know, look, I I spend a lot of time talking about chili. I don't know that there's a specific quote on that. But yes, and there is a um, a giant text chain. Is that what you call it? Text chain, text group text between me and some of my um, other cohorts on the show. And yeah, I would say that's what she said. Is I mean, I don't know that anyone can say anything if, without referencing that's what she said. So thank you, Kara. I'm glad things are going well for you. Congratulations on on almost four years together. And thank you for your comments about the office and how it has impacted your life. Hi, Brian and office deep dive crew. Having looked back on all the episodes listened to and the few I have waiting for me, I am reminded of all the moments where you discuss how we as fans feel so connected to the cast and characters because you have become such crucial, crucial pieces to the good, the bad and the ugly moments of our lives. And if we are to believe that The Office is an experience of connecting and growing close with the fictional characters over thousands of minutes of watching, 
I do believe, which I do believe, then I believe the Office Deep Dive podcast is the experience of getting to know the humans behind the characters and the production, only to remember that the smartest, most brilliant show has already been made, and there will almost definitely never be anything better. I come away from each podcast episode with a greater gratitude for each and every human that worked to start the show and keep it running for nine years, all those who fought to make it the best it could be. And not only is the gratitude for a show that brings my family and I together, but for the wonderful, creative, smart humans who made it worth watching more than seven times through, except for Scott's Tots, because, well, I don't think I need to say why. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you to each and every one of you for not only creating the world's best show, but for being such kind and genuine people who made something so magical just by being yourselves. Nico, thank you. Look, that for me was the point in this podcast, in bringing everybody back together, is for all of you to be able to hear what good people that I had the opportunity to work with for a decade and to hear our real and true interactions together as we relived uh, that decade of our life. Look, I'm not a reporter. Right. <laughs> that much is very, very clear. But I, what I wanted you all to be able to experience was our conversation not about the show in an objective way, in a third-person presentational way, but I wanted you to have the experience of, of reliving the show through us having been there. And the fact that you appreciate so many of these people, Nico, um, well, you're, you're dead on you're dead on. And so thank you for your comments. Thank you for, for watching it now over seven times. I want you to know that you're appreciated and, uh, and you are beautiful as well. Hey, Brian, my name is Tyler B. I'm from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and I am just going to leave a comment really quick on uh, how The Office changed my life. Uh, first off, uh, the show started, uh, roughly in 2005 and at that time I was nine years old and I remember you know every Thursday night as a kid growing up with my dad uh, watching The Office on NBC and it was just something that we always bonded together over. Uh, the special thing about The Office was uh, for me uh, I came out when I was 21 years old uh, as a gay man and The Office provide was one of the first shows on network television, if not the first one. I can't remember exactly, but that had some sort of character that resembled or represented uh, a gay man in a network television show. And that was an Oscar, obviously. And, you know, the comedy involved and uh, as a kid, knowing at a young age about my life and you know, who I was, but uh, keeping it closeted to myself, it was a very, uh, very special thing to see. And even though that was in my younger years, you know, just keeping that in the back of my mind that, you know, maybe one day that uh, things could be better. And then, you know, kind of living in fear that if somebody figured out who I was, um, how that was going to affect and change my life. And the offer, the office was really that comfort for me. You know, every time I watch an episode, especially The Gay Witch Hunt, which I laugh just about every single time, but I think growing up, 
I always had that fear of, you know, that's how my coming out experience was going to be like. So I, I just, <laughs> I always tried to, I, I remember the day when I first told somebody about who I was, I always feared that my, <laughs> my experience was going to run similar to what Oscar had to go through <laughs> in the gay witch hunt. So, uh, you know, things like that. That's, that's how it changed my life. And it gave me a lot of hope. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Tyler, thank you for calling in. I'm glad it didn't go that way for you. Look, there's so much to unpack in this beautiful story that you've told. First off, just I hear all the time, uh, and this is an example of, uh, you know, you were nine. One could argue a little young, but um, of kids watching with their parents sisters and brothers and family enjoying the show together multi-generationally. So that's cool to me, number one. And look, I don't know if The Office was the first show to show a gay character on network television, but I'm so tremendously proud of one, the show, and two, Oscar Nunez and and his performance. You know, he's talked about this a lot he didn't realize that Oscar Martinez was gay when the show started. I don't know if Greg Daniels had that in his mind, but Oscar Nunez did not know that Oscar Martinez was gay. And so when uh, gay witch hunt was written and it became clear that Oscar Martinez was gay, I guess there were some people that, that asked Oscar, well, how are you going to play the character now that you know this? And his response was always, well, the same. This is Oscar is Oscar. And the fact that now other people know that he's gay doesn't affect Oscar's behavior at all. He is who he is and who he always has been. And I'm tremendously proud of that. Because I think that it would be typical for an actor or for a show to start making broad, stereotypical adjustments to character based on that. And the fact that that story helped you or gave you hope for your future, I mean, it's a cliche, but that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's why I'm, I'm proud of the show and, and what we at times tried to look at in the world truth and beauty truth and beauty truth and beauty as greg daniels would say and whether it be race gender sexuality issues of health care we tried to look at real topics in a real way not in a stereotypical or generalized way so tyler thank you for calling in. Thank you for telling that story. And, and, and if it is true and if it helped you in any way deal with your coming out, well, God bless you. And, and thank you for having the courage to, to tell not just me, but all of our listeners all best, my friend.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen nicotine pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. It could be because Zen is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zinn is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zinn won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zinn. Find your Zinn online or in a store near you at zinn.com find. That's zyn.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. 
Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, look, I am just blown away by how many of you called in to be a part of this show. But more than that, how many of you called in from abroad? I mean, the amount and number of countries that we heard from, I can't, I, I'm touched to say the least. Um, so I'd like to share some of those submissions with you right now. Let's, let's go overseas for a bit, shall we? Across the pond. Hey, Brian, it's Ulla from Oslo, Norway here. Hi, I'm Niall Martin. I'm from Ireland. My name is Laura Power. I am from Melbourne, Australia. Hi, Brian. This is Tom Elliott over in the UK. At first, like everyone, of course, I fell in love with the characters. I love Jim, I love Pam, I love to act. I love you, too. I wish I could work at Dundam if I know everyone says that, but... um. Yeah, it is true. We all want to work at this magnificent office. I never get sick of watching The Office. I've watched it probably over 20 times back to front now, and I never get sick of talking about it. So I guess that leads me into my question for you, which is, do you think there will ever come a day where you just don't want to talk about The Office anymore? (laughs) My friends and family will be the first to tell you that that won't come for me, that day won't come for me, but I'm curious to see if you think it'll come for you. Well, first of all, Thank you to Ula, to Niall, Tom, Ramiro. Thank you, Kanako. Thank you for calling in. And now to answer your question, Laura, do I do I think there will ever come a day where I don't want to talk about The Office anymore? Tomorrow. How's that for an answer? Tomorrow, I won't want to talk about it anymore. Now, I don't know... If tomorrow will ever come, but tomorrow I won't want to look, I have, as you know, I have deep dove into the show. Now for two years, we have the podcast, we have the book. I've talked to everybody associated with the show. I, I don't know that I ever answered the question that I set out to answer, which is why is the show now bigger? that it ever was when it was on NBC. Why is it now the most watched show in television? The exploration has been pretty damn fun though. So yeah, I'm going to stop talking about it tomorrow. Hi, Brian and team. Uh, My name is Liam. I'm coming to you all the way from sunny Scotland. So I apologize if you can't understand my dulcet accent. Just wanted to say that I love the podcast. That's amazing to listen to all these global superstars in my eyes sort of talk about how brilliant their time was making the show, hearing all these mad funny stories and hearing how class or hearing how close these all were. Uh, I'm a massive fan of the US office. Um, I remember when it was first 
announced it was going to be remade and I was one of these sceptics that you get in Scotland and the UK as a whole that, oh no, they're remaking something for America, this isn't going to work. But I think that it's got its own identity, it's got its own feel to it. Um, the characters are completely different and yeah, I absolutely love it. But my question is, were you expecting... Well, obviously, you didn't seem like you were expecting it to be a big hit in America, but after it was a hit in America, were you also expecting it to be such a massive hit across the world, and in particular, places like Scotland and the rest of the UK? Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. Liam. Liam from Scotland. Over across the pond. That is the worst. Scottish accent in the world. I apologize to that, Liam. I mean, no disrespect. Uh, listen, who I no, we were not expecting it to be, uh, we were not expecting it, as you said, to be a hit here. Of course, we were not expecting it to be uh, a hit abroad. And I think, you know, what's interesting because like you, yes, w- we were hearing that in the United States, by the way, like now we do live in, in a global world. So when all of the articles and people talking over in the UK about how this was a disastrous choice for America to be re redoing this show, just know this. We were, we were hearing all of those things. <laughs> okay. And they, they were not, uh, they were not fun. And, and in part it was because I thought that the original office, the British office, the English office was genius and that Ricky Gervais was a genius and I loved the show. But as my great friend and partner, Ben Silverman would say, if you were going to remake something, would you want to remake a piece of shit or would you want to remake a great piece of art? I I think he has a point there. And I think that the key for us was finding what was uniquely American about the show and what was also uniquely universal about the setup and the characters. So no, I was not. And I will tell you that I took a trip actually with Ben Silverman, uh, not to Scotland, but based on my knowledge of geography, fairly close down uh, in Ireland. We were down in Cork. And I remember going into a little pub with Ben in Cork and having a number of people who were sitting at the bar turn and look at me and acknowledge that they knew who I was from our little show from Across the Pond and how surprised and and delighted both Ben and I were with that reception. So cheers, mate. And uh, I hope to see you there in Scotland soon, maybe on a golf course. Hey, Brian, this is Eve from Sao Paulo, Brazil. My question for you guys is if you could go back in time and shoot one episode all over again, which one would you pick? Maybe because you had so much fun shooting it or because you would do something different about the episode or just because you want to go back to that specific point in time. So tell me which one. Eve, that is a spectacular question. 
I have thought about this answer more than any other question I was asked because yes, one, there are so many different ways that I can go with this. I think that where my answer settles in this moment would be Jim and Pam's wedding, Niagara. First off, it was a mess. Let let me just say that. The shooting of that episode was very, very difficult because, as we've discussed throughout the podcast, the writing was changing up until basically we shot it. We were going very, very late, long hours uh, on that shoot. But I don't know, the joy of that episode and shooting, shooting that Chris Brown walking into the chapel scene, that's where I go. I don't know. And, And maybe it's now seeing clips on YouTube or montages that fans have put together that typically include that scene, the look on all of our faces, the culmination of that story and the joy we had in shooting it as difficult as it was. If we shoot it again, I'd like it to be easier and not quite so many hours or late at night, but yeah, that for me is it. And You know, I've told this story as well to those of you who haven't heard it in that we actually shot at the Maid of the Mist at Niagara Falls. And my parents happened to be there in uh, New York vacationing (laughs) with some friends and went and saw John and Jenna and some of the other uh, crew members and they appear in that episode. They are the couple that are walking right behind Jim and Pam as they get their rain gear to walk onto the boat. So maybe I want to go back and shoot that episode again because I wish I'd gone there. I think next time I would go there and be there with my folks while we shot that scene. So that's my answer today. Hi, Brian. My name is Kristen. I'm from Prince George, British Columbia, and I just wanted to send in this story. Two years ago, I gave birth to my son. His The labor and delivery with his birth was quite traumatic, and I struggled with postpartum depression afterwards. And I was thinking about ways that I could boost my spirits. And I remembered a family member had told me when they were struggling with depression, a counselor many decades ago had told them to um, listen to funny things, watch funny things, just to boost their spirits. So I was like, oh, I might as well try it. So I um, was on my Netflix and looking through and my husband suggested that I watch The Office. He knows that I love Dinner Party, but um, he doesn't have the same love for Dinner Party as I do. So he said, oh, I don't care what you watch. If it's going to make you laugh, then you should watch it. So I turned it on, and I probably watched Dinner Party every day for five months. Even in my lowest days, it could still bring a smile to my face. And I'm just really grateful for 
those tiny moments of just happiness that the office had brought me in those really dark days. And I'm fully recovered from the depression now, but I still um, watch the office diligently and I'm just very thankful for it. So thank you for going through and interviewing everyone. It's just been wonderful to listen to and hear new stories. So just thank you for the the joy you've brought to my life. Kristen, thank you for sharing your story with me and with all of us. I've said now many times that the greatest gift that the office has given me is, well, stories like that. You know, we, we truly felt like we were just a bunch of idiots. And we were, <laughs> let's be clear, a bunch of idiots trying to make people laugh. And when I hear stories like that, that this show, this band of idiots have brought comfort during a difficult time, well, it, it truly, well, it clearly takes my, my words away and my breath away. I thank you for sharing your story. I am so glad that we merry bunch of idiots were able to give you some comfort in a difficult and dark time. And I, I give credit mostly to Greg Daniels about this. Because look, th this was a comedy meant to make people laugh. They say laughter is the best medicine, right? But I think that the depth of the show, which relates to the central message of the show that Greg explains very clearly with the last line of the show, that there's beauty in ordinary things, isn't that kind of the point? And that hope, that idea, I think, is, um, it is comforting, right? It is for me. So thank you for your courage to, to want to tell me that story. Thank you for that, because I, I consider that a, a gift to me. We all consider that a gift to all of us. So thank you. And yes, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad that you're better now and still watching. Hello, Office Deep Dive. I know I'm not alone in the world in saying that the office has truly helped me through life. I'm 23 years old, and I grew up in foster care in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I've never truly felt like there is a lot of representation of youth in care in TV. Some of the trauma and hardships that take place while growing up in the foster care system manifest resilient and unique individuals that sometimes have a difficulty fitting in and feel like they can't relate to their peers. It means the world to have a character out there that has some shred of resemblance to compare to. The writing of Aaron's character and Ellie's performance felt accurate to my experience and truly made me feel seen. Thank you for all that you do on your podcast and for carrying the essence of beauty in the small things throughout your podcast from the show and for being part of a show that brought so many people comfort. Shauna, thank you for calling in. You know, there's a phrase that you used that I wrote down. 
resilient and unique individuals who sometimes have difficulty fitting in. And you talk about that in terms of children who've gone through the foster care system, but isn't that all of us in a way? The world has a way of making resilient and unique individuals who sometimes have difficulty fitting in. I don't think that I could have described many of the characters on The Office any better than that. And maybe that, after two years of searching for the answer of why the show resonates with people now, maybe that, maybe that's the answer. People feel seen because these characters in the office are seen. I don't know. But thank you, Shauna. Thank you for calling in. Wow. Incredible. Thank you all so much. It got a little emotional there for a bit, but I want to thank you all, well, for sharing your lives with me, with us, really. And the fact that this show has reached so many people from so many places around the world, it's just incredible. Look, I'm a I'm a kid from Georgia. That's who I am. And so to start there and to now just be casually talking to people from Scotland and Brazil and the UK, Argentina, it is a, a dream come true for me. The world truly is a small place. Thank you so much for making uh, my holidays so special. I hope that this show has done the same for you. Look, I hope this week that you get to spend some time with your loved ones. Or if not, at least spend some time with your office family. Happy holidays to one and all of you. The Office Deep Dive is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our producers are Liz Hayes and Diego Tapia. My main man in the booth is Alec Moore. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend Creed Bratton. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? 
How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.